This podcast is sponsored by Vicon, the Academy Award-winning developer of motion capture products for the life science, entertainment, and engineering industries. Vicon provides cutting-edge hardware and software with the highest accuracy. Shogun, Vicon's visual effects software, developed specifically for the needs of the VFX community, captures full-body and high-fidelity fingers effortlessly in real-time and delivers robust, accurate, reliable data. Shogun now includes custom-developed virtual production tools to power your next-level project. Find out more at www.vicon.com. Oh, hello, Internet. This is Troy Baker, and I'm here with your lovely, very, very British host, Victoria Atkin. And this is the Performance Capture Podcast. So essentially, motion capture performers, like all the other performers, are here to tell stories. (laughs) And then they're like... You mean there there are actors in video games? I thought it was animation. I kind of created my position. Like nobody said, oh, you know, here you go to school to become a performance capture producer. I pretty much created my own career. I had done so much work, I felt like it was time for me to give back to the community that was so good to me. You know, the dots can tell if you're lying. Everyone, I am so excited. This guest is somebody that a lot of people um, asked, can we have him on the show? Can we have him on the show? Um, And I said, definitely, if he wants to do this, we would absolutely love to have him. And we are very excited that he has committed to doing this and is uh, we're happy to welcome you to the Performance Capture podcast. My first question is, what is your name and where did you grow up? My name is Richard Dorton. I'm known as the mocap man. And I usually tell people, if you've played a video game, you've probably killed me. I grew up in Washington, D.C. And can you tell us about what you do? your official title, if you consider having one, and uh, where you work? Well, I guess my official titles would be all over the place. I am a motion capture or performance capture director, an actor, a stunt coordinator, um, movement director, casting director, and I am the U.S. Director of Operations uh, and instructor for the mocap vaults. Fantastic. And we like to um, ask everybody how you would best describe what performance capture is. There's a couple different ways I would do it. Uh, For the technical version, I would say that it is the process or technique of digitally recording an actor's movement and performance for the purpose of animating a digital character in a movie, game, or VR experience. But in general, I like to say that the process of capturing or replicating or replaying the closest representation of an actor's truest performance for a digital medium because we're capturing their face, their body, and their voice, movement, and expressions. It, it, to me, it's, it's, a very, yeah, it's a very artistic way of explaining what we do. And one of my favorite things that you used is the truth, the truest form. And I always said this about um, that this, this type of medium is, is, has the ability to capture your soul. I know that sounds kind of extreme, but it, it really does. It really is very incredible. Cool. Thank you. And uh, I'm excited to ask you this question. How did you discover performance capture and how did you become first involved in it? What was your first project? I moved to California in 2000 and I came out here to be a stuntman. That was my my dream. I was in Washington, D.C. I stunt coordinated a TV show called America's Most Wanted. I'd done a lot of a lot of uh, D.C. theater and um Every movie that came through D.C., I worked on in the background or I was a car coordinator or stunts or something like that. So I, I, I said, I finally have to move to California to be a stuntman. So I came out to California. I got a stunt agent immediately. And my first audition was for a mocap. Oh, wow. 
It was at the iconic House of Moves, you know, <laughs> and yes. uh, the audition was for Scooby-Doo, Night of a Hundred Frights. What were you stunting on Scooby-Doo? As a stunt person, I'm like, I'm going to House of Moves. That's where they did the stunts for um, Titanic, you know, a lot of the mocap uh, stuff in that. So I was like, oh, great, I'm going to go to this place. I didn't know what I was in for. So the, my agent said, there's an audition for some video game, Scooby-Doo. And the night before, I stayed up and I watched Nick at Night. And I watched Scooby-Doo. And I did screen grabs on my VCR. The audition said, you have to be shaggy. You have to be a gorilla. You have to be Frankenstein. You have to fall down. You have to dance. So all, like that, that was the movement audition. So I went, okay, I'll be prepared as much as I can. I went to the audition. And back then... Everybody auditioned in front of everybody else. So it wasn't one at a time. So we were all, all these stunt people were just brought into this room, said, this is what you have to do. And I showed up with all these printouts of Shaggy and these different characters. And I was, I, I was new to LA. I didn't think about competing. So I shared all of my information with everybody. And I said, oh, I think we have to be Frankenstein guy. He looks like this. We have to be the, the gorilla. And, um, so when they came in and said, who wants to go first? Everybody pointed and said, that guy does. <laughs> That's great. They just followed me. Uh, I, I went first and everybody pretty much copied what I did. So um, I booked the job. That was my first mocap. I got to play Shaggy and 80 villains in the game. It was pretty incredible. I just love how hearing how everybody starts in this industry. It's because it's so ever evolving and it's just it's so interesting. Yeah, that's really funny. I would never have thought that Shaggy and Scooby-Doo was where you got your start, but now I have even more respect for you. Uh, I love Scooby-Doo. Um, so what is your favorite thing about motion capture? You spend a lot of time, you encourage and educate other people on motion capture. So it's very clear that you have a huge passion for this. Um, what's your favorite thing? To me, it, motion capture is pure imagination. You can be anything and everything. And, and I really, really love that. You can be any race, creed, color, size, alien, monster. I mean, it's a, it's a dream. As an actor, the, the roles are limitless. And I, I think that has been the best part for me is that I, I have fulfilled my fanboy dreams. I have played Darth Vader. I have played Wolverine. I've played Master Chief. You know, those are, those are roles that you, you know, once in a lifetime roles. And it is that ultimate. Uh, yeah, imagination and in, in able to do that is that escapism as an artist, as a, as a performer. Wow, Wolverine's pretty cool as well, and Darth Vader. <laughs> you know, performance capture or, and motion capture in general, it is a great new tool for storytelling. You know, I, we are artists. We want to tell stories. So, so now that we have a new medium to do that in, it, it's an incredible tool. Um, because we will be telling stories forever. You know, games are amazing stories. Uh, movies, you know, VR now. So it's a, it's, a new, it's a new frontier for us storytellers to work in. Can you tell us a specific, you started talking about, and I loved hearing your first, how you discovered performance capture and the experience of that. Uh, can you tell us about an experience you've enjoyed on the motion capture stage? Maybe something funny that's happened or just something that really stands out in your career? You know, I have been in over a hundred games, so there are I, there are hundreds of stories of things that I've worked on. But I mean, specific things that really are incredible to me. Um, I got to work on Star Wars: The Force Unleashed two, 
and I got to play Darth Vader there and I got to play The Apprentice. And we actually got to shoot in um, ILM, you know, up in San Francisco at, at the, the mocap stage, LucasArts stage up there. And before I showed up, they gave me a, tour, a two hour tour, you know, like it's hard wow. enough when you when you're, you're going into a job, you're like, OK, there's a lot of pressure on you're going to be doing this. You have to wield two lightsabers. You're, you're... And I show up and they're like, do you want to tour the place first? And they <laughs> they gave me a two hour tour that totally relaxed me. You're holding a real stormtrooper blaster. You know, you're you're seeing all these props that ILM has ha, have made and and. I mean, there's the Gozer painting from Ghostbusters. So they made me feel like part of the family. And then you get in there. And then what was really incredible in that game, at the very end of the game, you can choose to go light side or dark side. So I had to work with two animation teams. Um, that one team was the light side team. And if you chose this direction, you would go dark side. And they didn't know, these animators, everything was so secretive. They didn't know that their scenes connected. So... I was the link that put these two teams together. And, and that was an incredible experience that, you know, they would say, your piece connects to mine? I didn't know that. that that's how secretive it was. And, and um, to, be, to be on stage, to be Darth Vader, to hold a lightsaber, you know, and, and, and swing it around and stand there and, and be the body of Vader, it, that, that's an experience I will never, ever forget. That's really amazing. I'm sure there's already loads of listeners that are like, oh my God, ultimate mocap job, please, please. Um, I'm trying to think what a female equivalent thing I would like to do in that in that kind of esque vein. That's I don't think you can beat really Darth Vader. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I want to get into things uh, a little bit about uh, mocap vaults and things like that because uh, your classes are heralded to be the best in the industry for these things. And I think you're definitely a pioneer with bringing this stuff forward. Uh, I know there's studios now in, I believe, Canada and the UK. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit more about that. And also how things have changed at the mocap vaults during 2020 and are your classes continuing virtually? What's happening with that? Um, and how can people get involved? Okay. So the, the mocap vaults originated in London with um, Oliver Hollis Lake and John Dower. They created the vaults there and they actually they came to the States and they, they held a summit and it was a two day summit at, um, at Rouge Mocap where they basically, they, they got 12 actors to come. They put them in their suits. They introduced them to technical people in the mocap world and they helped create scenes, um, from video games for them because there was nobody teaching here. And I come from a background of where I choreographed and directed uh, a lot of school, high school, elementary school. So I knew how to teach. And when they reached out, they said, we need somebody to run the uh, U.S. division of the mocap vaults. I had done so much work. I felt like it was time for me to give back to the community that was so good to me. You know, that education was something that nobody taught me any of this stuff. I had to kind of learn it on my own. We had to make it up as we go. You know, you know how it is. You're, you show up yeah. on set for the first time. And you're like, God, I hope this works, you know? When I did Evie Fry for Assassin's Creed, I'd never, ever, I didn't even know what motion capture or performance capture was, I guess, with the same with you, with the Scooby-Doo yeah. experience. You're working with directors or animation directors who have never directed an actor. So they don't know how to talk to you. So you have to kind of self-direct. You also have to educate them on how to, you know, treat you. I don't know how many, how many shoots I've been on where you have to go, can I 
get some water right now? Can I have a break? You know, because you're just powering through all these moves. That was part of the education of teaching animation directors. If you have me do crouch runs at the beginning of the day, I won't be able to walk after lunch. You know, so so education uh, and and learning from all the the games that I did, that was just only natural. I I felt like I wanted to, if I'm going to share the stage with somebody, I want I want to get on the same page with them. I want us all to be able to you know work together and find find a rhythm that works for everybody because. You know, every stage here is different. Every every mocap supervisor runs their their program, you know, very very different. So you have to be able to adapt to that. And and as actors, that's our job. We're really fast at making those adjustments, you know, or the the good ones are. But that to me was really really important. Um, I wanted to start. I felt it was time for me to give back. So the best thing, the best way to do that was to to join the mocap vault. And my classes just they stood they. They filled up immediately. I have sold out every class I've done. And we, you know, it was a learning experience. We had to figure out, start from the basics and then, you know, create a, a, a curriculum that w- would lead you through uh, the program that taught you a lot of a variety of different things because there are so many different things we do in the volume. Cinematics versus in-game versus, you know, voiceover, face capture. So there's so much information and, and it's been an incredible experience also to have the guys from London come in and co-teach with me and, and direct with me that, that, that has been phenomenal. We've done multiple summits. You know, we went to Mexico and did a a mocap summit and teaching people in another language. That was, that was incredible experience. That's really good. And I think you, you, you giving back it, it's, it's so useful. I know there's uh, people that come to myself there's so many people that just want to know how to do this, how to get into this, how to make this work, how to adapt their skills. I I often help people that are primarily in voiceover transition into this, primarily TV film actors transition into this. And there's so many different, as you say, moving parts on on how, how you can adapt. Um, but I think what you said at the beginning is as long as you've got this big imagination and you're willing and you're curious and you're you know, going to show up to classes like yourself to kind of study and, and grow, um, then it is open. It is open to anybody in that field. So we started talking about, uh, some things, uh, about advice. Is there one specific piece of advice? So we started getting into things that you teach. Um, and we were saying about getting on the mocap stage, asking to get some water. I know I definitely tell people, go to the toilet before you put your mocap suit on. Is there a fun piece of advice that you could give people listening? Don't, if you know you have an in-game shoot, don't do leg day at the gym the day before. It is so funny. People will show up on a shoot and like, I was at the gym yesterday working out, getting ready for the shoot. And then you're like, you, you're going to destroy your body today. It is a very physical job when you're dealing with in-game. We're talking, you know, crouch runs, climbing, jumping, running, sprinting, you know, falling down, crawling, all that physical stuff. You know, you have to take care of your body. As a young stunt performer, as a young actor, you, you will try anything, you know. But I can tell you 20 years later from doing this, my knees hate me, you know. You have to take care of your body. You have to be physically fit to do this work. and emotionally fit you know this is this is really hard work this is acting at its core we we want to be as truthful as we can and honest as we can the technology now supports that 
and we're looking for the truest form of our expression. So you have to be, I, I tell people, you have to be a really good actor. You know, you, um, voiceover is one thing. Physical uh, ability and skill is another. But at the core of it all, we are actors. So you have to be a really good actor. I, I will pay your day rate. You ask me what your day rate is and, and I want you on my, my project. I'll pay your day rate. But do you know how much your data is worth, right? At the end of the day, on a, on a regular day of mocap, I may have spent $10,000, $15,000, you know, $100,000 at the, at the end of a shoot, $200,000 on your data alone. That's how much you are worth to me. So you better be worth it. You better be really good at what you do. And a lot of people don't, don't look at that, that aspect of the technical aspect or the data aspect as how expensive it is. So I just wanted to go back to the mocap vaults. How are you guys faring with COVID? How, is, how are you adapting and changing to the, meet the new needs of this unfamiliar situation? We had a bunch of classes scheduled that we had to cancel, and that was brutal. That was really hard on us. We have a student teacher page on, on Facebook for, okay. for our mocap, mocap vault students who have gone through the program or are going through the program. So we started doing um, some weekly Zooms. I, I like to post on the page what I call homework. It may be a new cinematic that dropped. It may be a new video game trailer. To me, that's what we're supposed to be studying. That's, that's the stuff we should be checking out. All the new technology. I post homework there. Um, we were doing weekly Zooms where we were checking in with our students just to emotionally let them know we were there for them. We've done virtual homework, you know, with, with these groups, but it's still, it's still dangerous with the productions of film TV all being afraid to start up again because of COVID. I don't want to be responsible for somebody who runs an acting class for somebody getting sick, you know. So we're, we're following the entertainment lead. Um, so the best we can do is, is have, have open discussions uh, and, and, and send them homework and things to do. It's, it's really, yeah. really tough. So what advice would you give to other people listening that want to get into a similar field of performance capture? You have to be a good actor. You need to hone and train your skills. You need to keep up your, your training. Get a voice agent. Train with the mocap vaults. I will never promise you a job, but I can tell you that I've had over 60 of my students book their first AAA game you know, or project. You have to keep your training up. That's, that's crucial to being a good performance capture actor. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, the acting part. People think they can just put the suit on and, and it's okay. But the technology now is so specific, so amazing that you can't not have truth. <laughs> it's, it, it will pick up when you're lying. I always like to tell people, too, the skeleton doesn't lie. You know, it, it is, it's amazing how many stunt people have broken bones. Or, you know, and then their, their walk changes as they go across. But when you look at their skeleton, that will tell you everything. Given your involvement in new technologies, what do you think the future of performance capture and performance capture training will involve? The technology is changing so fast right now with real-time gloves, you know, for finger capture. But this is a collaborative art. We work with some of the greatest animators and technicians out there. You know, this is. This is a collaborative art of everybody coming together to help enhance our performance. You know, so we have to do some technical things to help them make us look good. So VR has changed 
uh, mocap a lot too, I think. So there are new VR projects coming down the pike. It takes us back to core theater training because in VR, you know, you, you can look over here and if you get bored, you can look over here. And if you're in a performance, if you're doing a scene, you have to have that great improbability to keep the scene going or, or, or add on to it if somebody isn't paying attention, you know. So I think that takes us back to core acting ability. Yeah. Theater training is always going to be an acting training full stop is, I think, is always going to be the key to anything in performance capture. I am so happy that we were able to have some time with you today, Richard. Thank you for carving out this time in your probably very busy schedule. Um, how, yeah, we talked about how we can find you on social media. Um, can you just clarify the website for everybody for the MoCap Vault? Yes, uh, you can go to themocapvaults.com, but we also have it linked to gomocap.com. So you can cool. find us that way. Thank you so much. And thank you for your time. And thank you for all of your just work in the industry. I mean, you have become definitely a veteran and somebody that is um, looked up to by a lot of us that are new to the industry. And we just thank you for everything that you've done and put towards this industry so far in your career. And I look forward to more work from you and more experiences and hopefully more conversations that can develop this amazing industry. I want to thank you for doing this. I mean, for opening the doors for us. It's really interesting how new technology and how the new generation of, of technology makes it possible. You've done a lot of work yourself and you're, you're very passionate about this as well. So I want to thank you for putting in all of your oh, energy into you that. Thank you very much, Richard. That means a lot. Thank you. Season three of the Performance Capture podcast was recorded and edited at Soundbox Studios in Los Angeles. Soundbox LA is the founding studio in the Soundbox Studio Group, a collective of talent-owned and operated boutique voiceover studios with multiple locations in the Los Angeles area and Southern Colorado. You can find out more at soundbox.la. We'd like to send out a huge thanks to Soundbox Studio City's very own Ryan Riveros for editing the episodes of Season 2 and now Season 3. The multi-talented Ryan is also the composer of our theme music, 